good morning, everybody. Come on, how you guys doing in here? We can get excited. It's okay. Come on, everybody's in church this morning. Love that. Love seeing everybody. Uh, if you're new, I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we're just fired up to see what God's doing in the house. Who's excited about that? Come on. God, man, y'all should be more excited about that. Um, we've been back now for five weeks, and I can't wait to get people to come back to church. <laughs> I was warning everybody, you know, pretty soon we're just going to shut down the online. You have no choice but come in. Man, I just want to see everybody. I can't help it. I just want to see everybody. So I appreciate everybody that's tuning in online. Like I said, do me a favor, share this link, get it out there. Um, man, I think God's got a word. I know God's got a word this morning that's going to, to, to just resonate across the airways, and it's for you, and it's probably for somebody you know. So if you're online right now, share it. If you're in the audience, pull out your phone and share this. Get this link out there. I just think it's going to be a powerful, powerful uh, movement. And all those that are online, we understand. Look, I'm just picking on you. We want you back here, but we understand safety is the number one concern. So we're doing everything we can as a church uh, to provide a safe atmosphere to worship in. So uh, we're just looking forward to having you all back. So uh, can't wait to see you. Um, we're just... Uh, Man, you know, I'm going to hit some announcements, I guess. So prayer team, there, put the prayer numbers up there. If you're at home and, and you need prayer this morning, we have our prayer team members standing by. So uh, you, can, you can call one of those numbers, reach out to them, let them know you have a prayer request. We want to pray for you. We want to reach out to you. If you're new here, uh, this is your first time, do me a favor, fill out our uh, connection card if you need that. Uh, Raise your hand. Our, our ushers will get you one if they already hadn't. But we just want to know you were here. We want to reach out to you. I uh, want to let you know that we appreciate you showing up. And online, look, if you're checking us out for the first time, uh, email us. Get it out there. You can, you can contact us online. You can download our app, so Destiny Church Alabama app. Get on there. That has all our information. You can watch your sermons on there. You can do everything. It's got everything on there. So uh, download that app. It's going to be good. Uh, you'll be able to check out everything happening here at Destiny Church. And so, you know, with that being said, there's not a whole bunch happening here at Destiny Church other than Sunday right now. Um, we have, still have our shutdown, our midweek services. So um, if you don't know, Tuesdays are our Fat Tuesday. So Fat Tuesday is our midweek service uh, because on Wednesday, our student ministries in here and our children's ministries uh, in, the, in the children's sanctuary. So Fat Tuesday is our midweek service. We're still doing that online. So you can check out uh, that online whenever you want. Just tune in. And you'll be able to see that uh, Tuesdays at 6 o'clock. Um, but the one thing we're going to continue to do, and, and we started it through the, through the COVID situation going on, but we're going to continue to meet on Monday nights at 6 p.m. If you want to come out and pray with us. So this is, we open up the church at 6 p.m. on Monday. Look, there's no agenda other than to come out and pray. And get in the presence of God. That's it. So if you're seeking his presence, you want to know what that's like, come on out here. Uh, we have a good time. We actually pray and, and, and worship and then just kind of sit back and we get to chat a little bit. So we get to talk about vision. We get to talk about what God wants to do uh, in us and through us. So be here at 6 o'clock every single Monday night. We'd love to have you. Uh, before I get into my word, um, well, you didn't know I was going to do this, but could I have Ginger and Jacob come on up here? Is Bubba here? All right, you guys come on up. Come on. Can we give them a hand? This is Ginger and Jacob. Ginger's an elder here in the church, so uh, love her dearly and her family. And Jacob's just a stud. What's up, man? <laughs> Come on. I love you guys. So good. Come here, brother. Good to see you, man. So if you don't know, um, Jacob is joining the Air National Guard, correct? Yes, sir. Come on. Um, he heads out on Tuesday to basic training, correct? Woo. 4 p.m. on Tuesday. 4 p.m. on Tuesday. So, uh, man, I just, 
man, it's such an honor to, to see the young men that grow up. And I've, I've watched you for a little bit now. But to see them grow up and they serve in the church and they do everything in the church and they get this servant heart. And they say, you know what, God, what do you want me to do? And he's been talking about this for a while. We've been, it's been about a year, hasn't it? We went down and talked to the recruiter a couple times, and I know that turned from one thing to the next, and then here, here you are ready to go. And you weren't even supposed to leave for a couple months, right? Yeah, December. He was supposed to leave the earliest in December. <laughs> surprise, surprise, mama. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we've done this quite a bit. We, we've, we've launched some, uh, some young men out of here in our church uh, off into the, uh, the military, and it's been phenomenal. Just see what they do, anywhere from our son to Daisy's son. And, and I know there's some other uh, young men that were up here in the student ministry that have gone out. So, uh, man, I just wanted to honor you today, and I just wanted to thank you for your service and your commitment to doing what God wants you to do. It's going to be powerful. He's going to show up in a mighty way. He's going to use you in a mighty way. In fact, he, you're going to be a... Um, Oh, come on, Lord. Man, you're going to be the, 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 the megaphone for what God's trying to do. You're, you're going to represent him in a way that nobody else is going to be able to do that because of what's in your heart, because of who you are. So you're going to change the world, but you're going to change an attitude. You're going to, to bring unity. You're going to bring a lot of things that you bring because that's what you carry on your heart. And that's why you're doing this. This isn't all about the military. This is all about you and God using you in a mighty way. So let me see here. I know that I got a scripture somewhere here, somewhere here for you. I always do. Yeah, there, there's one. So Psalms 91, 11 through 13, it says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. I'm telling you, God has your back. This is all God, man. So, so mama, don't fear. Uh, don't fear. God's got this. He's going in for a reason. He's going, he's going, he's going to change more than just uh, the military. He's going to change the hearts and the minds of people around him because of who he is. And it's just how you guys raised him. It's so good. So I'm excited to have you as a, a brother in the military. We're brothers now, other than brothers, other than brothers, brothers. However that is, man. Um, but, but I'm a vet, and pretty soon you'll be a vet, and we get to do this thing together, brother. So that's how it is. So I want to pray over you guys. I want to pray over your family. Uh, if you all could just uh, stretch out your hands so we can pray over them. Uh, Father, we love you, God. Come on, holy. We just love you so much, God. And we thank you, Lord. I thank you for, for, for using Jacob as a vessel, Father God. I thank you for that. And, Father, right now we release him to you, Lord, for you to do your works in, Father God. We ask you to protect him and guide him, Father God. Come on, send your angels down with him, Father God, to protect him. Any fear, anxiety that's in him, God, we bind that up in your holy name. Father, we just declare freedom over him right now, freedom to go in and do what you've asked him to do do, Lord. And Father, I just lift up Ginger and Bubba, Father God. We ask you to bring peace and comfort to them, Lord, knowing that you are in charge, Father God, that you have him in your hands, Father God. So we just surrender them to you right now. Bless them. Bring favor upon them, Lord. Come on. We just love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in his life, Father God. And we just, man, he's all yours, God. Just have have your way in what he does, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on. Love you, brother. bring my wife up. I love you, baby. But she was cold, probably. I get so excited. I can't stop. Man. Whew. We could almost form an entire, you know, military from, from Destiny Church, it seems like. We got people going out and coming back all the time. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but yes, uh, so today I've just got, man, I just know God's ready to do something amazing. So we're going to pray and we're going to jump right into the word. You guys ready for that? All right, buckle up. 
So here we go. Come on, Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, and we just surrender to you this morning. Father, have your way in this place. Come on, Lord. We want more of you right now, Father God. Come on, we just need more of you, God. Woo, come on, holy. Come on, Father, fill my heart up right now with something, Lord, something that, 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 that needs to be spoken, Father God. I ask that, that it's all you, none of me, Father God. Let it come out of my lips and land on the ears of those that need to hear it, Father. Come on, Holy, we just surrender it all to you. We need more of you, God. Come on, more of you in our government, in our, in our local government, our state government, Father, our federal government. God, we need more of you in our schools, in our cities, everywhere, Father. So come on, speak a word that will change that, that you'll unite us, Father God, that, that will change the hearts and the minds of those listening, Lord. Right now, stir up something in us, Father. Come on, let your breath just, just, just fill our lungs right now, Father. We just surrender it all to you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on. So we are in a sermon series called It Can Change. And it seems like every week something changes with it, which is really good. That's what I love about it. It can change. Uh, it can change. But here's the thing. It can change. It being anything in the world, anything that, that, that's man-made, anything like that can change. But the one thing that won't ever change is God. He's always going to be there. He's always going to. His grace will never change. His mercy will never change. His love will never change. His forgiveness will never change. Come on. He is the only constant. Okay. That's it. He's never going to change. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be the path to joy. Man, he's going to be the hope, the peace. That's who we serve. That's the God we serve. So, so I just know he's going to do amazing things. So it doesn't matter what you've done. No matter, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter where you've been, how you got there. God says, just give me a chance, and it'll change. Surrender to me, and let me have my way. Come on, we serve a good God. So I believe this morning he's going to work in a mighty way. I think he's going to ignite something inside of you. Uh, my, my prayer right now is that, that God shows up in a mighty way right now because I think there's, there's some people out there that need to understand how much he wants to work inside of you. I think there's some people out there that you've, you've forgotten what it's like uh, to be used by God. You've forgotten what it's like to hear a word from him. You've forgotten what it's like um, to, to, to worship him, to, to pray to him, to, to surrender to him. Especially in these times, people, I tell you, there, there's a time like this when you get away from what you think is the only way you can get around God, which is the church. You think that. Uh, and I'm telling you, that's not it. You can reach him anywhere, anyhow, uh, any way you want. You can be in your home, in your car, no matter what it is. Okay, but my, my goal today is, is that, that God will speak in a mighty way. He'll bring a fresh anointing on you, a new word on you. He's going to bring new land to you. He's going to bring a fresh spot to you, a new season to you, a new harvest to you. It's how it's going to be. We're going to submit to him this morning. Here's the, here's the good part. It's, it's that God can always do it. It's not that we're waiting on him. He is always there. See, that, that's, that's the good part. God is always waiting on you. He's always waiting on you. He just wants you to say, Lord, I surrender. Take me, use me. So I believe uh, that's how God wants to do it. He wants to elevate your walk with him this morning. Just wants to elevate that. So especially now, because now you see it when times are tough and everything's going on in the world. And, you know, you've kind of been taken away from church. Uh, so you've been taken away from your sanctuary. Uh, that's what you thought this was your sanctuary. So, so now that some people have lost that and they've walked away from that, uh, they feel kind of lost with all the pressures of society coming down, people losing their jobs and, and the virus going around and, and, and some hatred being stirred up all around. People, people tend to forget who they are and whose they are. Okay, so this morning we're going to remind people of that. I believe because of that, we let our flesh take, our flesh take over. Our flesh takes over, and we allow our flesh to rule who we are, and that's not right. It's not right. I, th I believe there's some people here uh, that are really in a survival mode when they should be in a revival mode. That's how it is, a personal revival mode. 
Um, so, so that's what we're going to touch on today. I believe there's people that are struggling to find some peace. There's some people that are struggling. Um, man, you're struggling to get into his presence. You're struggling to, to just spend time with him. And you don't know how and you don't know how you're supposed to do it. You, 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 you've forgotten how to do it. I just believe that's happening. And, and, and right now, God wants you to know that, that, that he loves you and he's right there. And you just have to do something. You just have to turn something. You just have to take a step forward. Um, so there's this, there's this battle of living in a spiritual mode, um, in a, uh, a spiritual revival mode, a personal revival mode, and living in a survival mode. Um, so I want to break that down a little bit because we're going to kind of compare and contrast some things. But I know about two weeks ago, my wife and I, uh, when Preston left, if you all remember Preston, hey, Preston, if you're watching online, he was our production guy, one of our production guys, and he moved to Florida. He had two dogs. Um, the day they were supposed to move out, somebody was watching them, and his dogs got out and escaped. So he left that night, and then we got the call the next morning that they found the dogs. <laughs> So we absorbed the dogs, uh, took one over to Brother Bo's. Um, we appreciate all them. You know, <laughs> appreciate the Bartons. They took one of the dogs for good, and we kept the other one. His name is Bash. Uh, he was five months old, a husky, beautiful dog. Um, so we brought him into our house, and here's the thing. We have two other dogs in our house. They've been in our house seven years, six years, somewhere around there. Uh, and our dogs, they got it made. They're healthy. Anybody ever tell you you're healthy? It means that you're fat. <laughs> Our dogs are healthy. Like, like these dogs don't do much, right? We feed them. We, we take care of them. They lay around. They are healthy dogs. They haven't, had to, they haven't had to search for food in a long time. Okay? It just doesn't work that way. Um, it's just not how it is. See, our dogs, they're, um, they get to stay in the house so they're sheltered from the storm. Ooh, come on. That'll preach. Right? They're sheltered from the storm. They live in peace because they know where their meal's coming from. They know who's going to provide for them. It's just how it is. And we bring home this husky. We bring home Bash. Uh, and Bash was staying outside. Bash escaped. Bash was, um, man, he, he, he was lost running in the wilderness. Didn't have anything. Hadn't eaten. Hadn't had any water to drink. So when we brought him to our house, guess what? He wanted everything. Right? If there was a treat, he was getting it. If there was food in the bowl, it doesn't matter whose food it was, he was fighting for it. He was going to get it. He was hungry. He was living in a survival mode, living in a survival mode. And here's the cool part. Our other dogs, they had a choice. They could have been upset. They could have been angry. But our dogs were at rest. Our dogs were like, that's okay. We know who feeds us. That's okay. We know we're going to get some more food, man. We'll get another treat. And guess what? All the affection, because Bash wanted affection. He wanted somebody to just love him. And they're like, you can have him because we know we're going to get loved as soon as we turn to him. They knew, they knew who, was, who was taking care of him. They knew who their father and mother were, right? That's living in the revival mode. See, our dogs were living in a personal revival mode. They knew who, who was supplying it to them. They knew who they could count on all the time. They didn't have to worry about food. They didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. They didn't have to worry about affection, none of it. So they weren't bothered by what was going on around them. They weren't bothered by the fact that change was happening. They weren't bothered by the fact that somebody new came in and was eating all their food. It didn't bother them. Not one bit. So Bash was in his survival mode while our dogs were in a revival mode. So I'm asking you this morning, where are you? Are you operating right now out of a personal survival mode? Or are you operating in a revival mode? 
Are you so full of God right now, so, so much in his presence that he's overwhelming you, that he's flowing out of you and nothing's bothering you? No change is bothering you. Nothing they're saying on Facebook or on the news is bothering you because you're so filled up with the Holy Ghost that you don't have to worry about anything. Or are you walking around every day scrounging for some food, trying to get some affection, trying to figure out what's next and who's going to love me and how am I going to do it? And am I going to have a job? Can I get a new job? How, how are you acting? Because I believe God's coming today to evaluate that. He wants you to do a self-evaluation and decide where are you? Where are you? Are you in survival mode or revival mode? See, that survival mode, I'm telling you, that'll get you. Because in survival mode, this is what it looks like. You might be praying, but you're praying because you want to check it off your list. Because it's a necessity. And you're like, you know what, I'll just wake up. Oh, that's right, I got to pray. All right, Lord, come on, bless me, Father God. Keep us safe, Father God. Amen. You're like, got it, I prayed. That's survival mode. That's saying, Lord, I don't have any more time for you because I've got to figure it all out on my own. And I'm too worried about getting here or getting there or doing this or doing that, that I don't have time. That's survival mode. It's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. And when you actually spend a little time with God, it's all about you. There's no time for him. It's, Lord, I got these couple minutes, so I guess I'll just get my prayer list for everybody out and my prayer list for me out, and I don't even have time to worship you this morning. I just have time to pray. So, so Lord, bless us. Maybe some of you are just doubtful that he's even listening because it's been that long since you've heard his voice. And you're like, I keep praying, Lord, and I just nothing. And I gave you those five minutes this morning, and, and come on. Before I went to bed, I said my normal prayer and, and, and laid, laid my head down to sleep. And I'm not hearing from you. But I also believe there's some people in here, you guys are in revival mode. You're in rest. You're in a state of peace because you are so filled up right now that nothing's bothering you. And you're like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't ever want to be there. I've been in both. I know what it's like to be in both. I know what it's like to be struggling, saying, Lord, I just need more of you. I haven't heard from you in so long. And I know what it's like to say, you know what, Lord? I don't care about anything. Nothing. You got it all. I just want to give it all to you, God. So I think there's people in here like that today. I think there's people in here that you are just perfectly fine. You're seeking him more and more each day. And as you wake up, you're spending more time with him. You're, you're making time. See, that's the difference. In survival, it's all about you. Revival's all about him. And I'm not saying that, that you don't have to go to work. I'm not saying that. Don't say, man, I quit work because pastor said I, I need to be in revival. No, what I'm saying is you got to find time. Look, you just don't have to pray in the morning. You, look, you can seek God every part of the day. Okay, you can seek him in the morning. You can seek him when you're taking a shower. You can seek him when you're driving down the road, when you go to the store, when you're sitting at your work. You can seek him everywhere because he's waiting on you. I love what Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 in the Passion says. I'm telling you, if you hadn't read the Passion yet, get a hold of it. I just love the way it just represents his love, his passion for us. So Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, and this is, he says, are you, weir are you weary carrying a heaven bur he uh, heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Come on. An oasis. He says, look, I I'm that big body of water in the middle of the desert when you think you're just 
dehydrated and you can't find nothing and you're struggling. I'm the oasis. It says, simply, uh, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. And you will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. I'm telling you, when you rest in his love, when you get in his presence, when you're doing that, everything's so easy. I used to think a long time ago when we first got into church, I'm like, you want me to do what? How do I spend that much time with God? Like, I don't have time to to read the Bible and pray. But I read my verse. Like, there's more time in a day than reading my daily verse. But that was a problem of mine when I first started getting into, into church. You know, and understanding that when I gave my heart to him, I'm like, wow, how it takes some dedication, some work to do that. No, it takes love. And when you find yourself in his presence, when you find yourself overwhelmed by his love and who he is, you have to have somebody tell you it's time to go. That's how good it is. You have to have somebody say, you have to go to work. <laughs> it's how it is. You'll find yourself in the car just worshiping. In your parking lot, at work, <laughs> people are like, I think he's in the car. <laughs> but you don't even have to try. It's just there. It's there. And that's that personal revival. That's the revival we want to be in. When you make, for, make room for God, he just shows up that way. He's always there. So revival is not an event. It's not a moment. It's a movement. It's an action. It's something that happens within you. When you step forward, when you say, God, I want more of you, it just moves you know how many times I talk to people that are struggling with stuff because that's what I do <laughs> and, and, and the answer is always the same when I say you're struggling with some stuff how much time are you spending in the word and it, it, they almost seem like it's well that's just a, a normal answer no it's the real answer God's word speaks to you his word is alive so when you read his word guess what all the stuff you're dealing with can disappear he'll take it from you So when the pastor says or your friend says or anybody else says, have you been reading your Bible? It's because it works. It works. So revival um, defined is an increased spiritual interest. An increased spiritual interest. So, So to live in revival, you've got to increase your personal spiritual interest so you can be in revival and you know what somebody in the same house might not be it's personal it's your revival and when you're in that when you when you walk into that and you increase it more and more and more nothing else matters you can get through any problem, any issue, anything going on in society because you know where your help comes from. You know where to lean on. You know where to go. You're in tune with God. You're in tune with what he's saying and what he wants you to do. It's all about him. And, and, and it's the less you need to make decisions on your own. <laughs> you just realize when you listen to him, it's all good. He always finds a way to make it come out. So I want to compare that in the Bible. I want to talk a little bit about Elijah. Does everybody know who Elijah is? He's a prophet in the Old Testament. And actually, if you read about Elijah, uh, his word means Yahweh is my God. That's what his name stands for. Yahweh is my God. That's powerful. 
If I knew that, I would have named my kid Elijah. <laughs> Bo just sounded better. <laughs> His name's Austin. I'll be corrected later. But Bo it is. But here's the thing. Elijah comes on the scene. Uh, when Ahab becomes king of Israel, that's when you start hearing about this. And Ahab, what's so important about him is he was like, you know, the, the worst king. The Bible says he, he, was, uh, uh, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord more than any king before him. That's not a title you want, you know, to, to be the worst. You want to be the guy after him. Because <laughs> you don't have to be that good and you're still better, right? But here's the thing, a little bit about him. Um, he married Jezebel, right? So, so you've heard about that. And uh, he, he worshiped Baal. So he, he worshiped false idols, right? And even uh, it says that the Bible says he did more to provoke the Lord to anger than any king before him. When you're provoking the Lord to anger, that sounds pretty serious. Pretty serious. He was far from God. The difference was Elijah was close to God. He was a prophet. doesn't say a whole bunch about his life prior to this, but it says that he's a prophet, which means you're probably hearing from God. I'm thinking you got a pretty good relationship with him. I'm thinking you're spending some time with him, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure it, most of your time, if not all your time, is with him. And I love this part because in the Bible it talks about how, um, you know, God's so furious over this. He says, I'm going to send Elijah. I'm going to tell him that, that it's, there's going to be neither dew nor rain uh, for the next few years, right, unless Elijah speaks it. So he gave him his power. He said, Elijah, now I'm going to tell you when to speak it. I'll tell you. But, but he, says, he says, you're going to go tell the king that it's not going to rain, period. There's going to be a famine, a drought, and, and, it's, and it's going to happen like that. So that's where we're going to pick it up in 1 Kings 17. 2 through 6, 1 Kings 17, 2 through 6. And this is right after he goes to the king and tells him that. So, I don't know, that's, that's got to be a job right there. You need to go tell the king that he's doing wrong and that there's going to be no water in his kingdom. Right after that, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So God tells him, go hide. God says, I need you to go hide, but don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. Nowhere does it say Elijah was like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't believe it. What am I going to do? He wasn't in survival mode. In survival mode, you would have been going crazy. You would have been stocking up on, you know, Slim Jims and uh, granola bars. And you would have been doing a lot of stuff. You would have had your survival pack on your back and all the water you could get and been like, yeah, I trust you, God, but I'm going to take care of myself. That's survival mode. He didn't. He said, yep, you got it, Lord. I'm all in. I'm in a personal revival mode with you, so I trust you. And off he went. Mm. See, God directed him, and his answer was yes. So here you see Elijah. He's being called upon by the Lord, and he's being used to do something amazing. And he always responds the same way. And God takes care of him because of that. Takes care of him. 
So I'm imagining through that time, Elijah is seeking God, probably praying a whole bunch, worshiping a whole, I know if I'm dependent upon, you know, ravens to bring me food, I'm gonna be praying. I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with God. And when you're in that mode, you just hear from God clear. See, when you're in that personal revival mode, when you seek him more, you know, you'll start hearing his voice, voice more. You understand how he speaks to you. You'll start hearing those gentle whispers. You'll start picking up on all what that is. But it takes you coming closer to him. When you draw close to him, he draws close to you. He's just waiting on you. He's waiting on you. He's speaking to us the whole time. But you're just not hearing him. And he says, it's hard to recognize my voice if you're never talking to me. It's hard to recognize your voice when you're not spending time with me. You're actively seeking his voice. So that's that revival mode we all want to be in, that actively seeking his voice so we can hear him. And then when you hear him, guess what? You know he's got your back. When God tells you to do something, he's not going to ask you to do something and not provide for it. So when you hear him clearly, you just go. You just move and, and allow him to show up and do what he does. So from, from that point on, you see Elijah being used in multiple different ways in the Bible, uh, powerful ways. Um, so to refresh your memory, or if you've never read that part, you know, he actually went and uh, met a widow and her son, right, and gave them unlimited flour and oil because when he met them, they were actually on their last meal. And she said, I'm going to, this is the last bit of everything. I'm going to make it, and then we're going to die. Because of the drought, they had nothing. So Elijah shows up on the scene and says, no, feed me. And she obeyed. And when she did that, he says, you'll have unlimited supply until the rain comes. So he's doing some powerful things. And then her son dies, right? And then he comes back and what? Rescues him, brings him back to life, breathes into him. See, now God's using, God's doing all this through Elijah. Why? Because he made himself available. He's obeying him. He says, Lord, I'm all yours. I want more of you. Use me in any way. So God's just saying, go there, and this is going to happen. You know, even when, even when the young man died, he just cried out to God, and God made it happen. He went back to the king with boldness. I keep going to that because that just seems to be an awkward position <laughs> to go tell the 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 king that, that he's doing stuff wrong. But then he tells him with boldness to, for him to gather all his prophets. I think there were like 450 prophets um, of Baal and then like 150 of uh, Asherah. And he says, bring them out because we're, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna have a throwdown. It's like he calls them out onto the playground. He says, all right, I'm done. I'm done. He says, bring them out here. Let's see how powerful your gods are. And he calls him out. See, that's that fight you want to be in. Everybody comes around. Uh, if you've never been there, it's pretty exciting. I'm not promoting fighting. I'm just saying it was exciting back in the day before they had all the weapons and stuff. But, yes, he, he calls him out. Then he calls down the fire of God and proves to them and proves to everybody around. So this is how God's using them. So God's using them because of his personal revival. Um, and he kills all the, the prophets, you know, it's, Pretty interesting story. And then after three years, he brings rain back. So I'm just trying to touch on the fact that, that God's using him the entire time because he says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm available. I want more of you. That's what it takes. So if you want God to start moving in your life, if you want God to start using you more, you have to say, yes, Lord. 
I'm available. Just use me. But it comes with some other things. It comes with, hey, you know, you should probably read his word. You should probably pray, worship him, get in his presence as much as possible. So Elijah, as you can tell, he was the man. He was the real deal. <laughs> he, he was the one you'd probably want to stay away from. But here's the good part. Nowhere does it mention his fear. Nowhere does it mention that he was scared. Nowhere does it mention any of that. He just walked in full confidence of the Lord. I'm just skipping all over stuff, so bear with me. Got to find it. So for some of you, I do believe that, that there are people here, you're seeking God every day like that. You are. You're seeking him all the time. And because of that, God wants to use you. He wants to use you more. And he's speaking to you. And you're listening, but you're not moving. But you're in a personal revival. So, so the goal is this, is to start moving when God tells you to move. Do what God tells you to do, to step out. Because God wants to use you to, to change his kingdom, to change what's going on. And what you're going to find, because you're living in your personal revival, there's going to be people around you. There's going to be people around you that go, why not me? Why is God using you so much and not me? Well, because you're not doing what they're doing. That's how it works. So if you're wondering why someone's being blessed and somebody's being used and God's using them in a mighty powerful way, you might want to find out what they're doing because it's a simple equation, but you're just not doing it. So you got to seek him more. The more you want him, the more you'll find him. And the answer is all right there. And sometimes it's the simplest answer, and it gets older and older and older every time I say it. So I'm not going to say it this time. <laughs> For those that never heard it before, read your Bible and do what it says. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds simple, but I'm not trying to be rude. There's ways to read it. And like I said before, talk to us. We, we've got, we plan on, you know, we're going to have, when everything kicks back off, trust me, talk with somebody. Discipleship is us teaching you all that stuff, walking alongside you. We don't just expect you to just learn it on your own. So trust me, if you're interested in those things, come around, get around people that you trust and you love and let us show you and walk you through those things. Hmm. But it all starts with a relationship with him, right? But that's not how it stays with Elijah. See, Elijah actually any, but this can happen to anybody. Like I said, I could be in a personal revival moment and then find myself in a personal survival moment really quick. And it happens to Elijah. As soon as Jezebel says, I'm coming after you. Really? Like you just took on everybody. Right? So in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 7. So, so you know it's bad when, when Ahab, the king goes back and complains. <laughs> so now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. So she threatens his life. This is a guy that just brought down the fire of God. <laughs> And the next verse says, Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. 
So now he left his servant. He left the one person that he can share with and talk with. He left his family. While he was himself, while, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So now he's alone. He came to the broom, bu- broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. So immediately you see a guy that goes from asking God about everything, talking to God, trusting in God, gets threatened by Jezebel, and doesn't even ask God, what should I do? He immediately switches, and he runs into the wilderness, and he says, I can do it on my own. And then he starts his survival prayers. Except for his are like, just take me. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. That's survival mode. And I know there's people here that's been in that survival mode before where you said, I can't do it anymore. The easiest thing, Lord, just take me. Problem is, is God has a plan for you or you wouldn't be here. So if you really consult him during that time, he's going to give you an answer. And it's not going to be, yeah, go ahead, take your life. It doesn't work that way. keep reading it says all at once an angel touched him and said get up and eat he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water he ate and drank and then lay down again i don't know but if i got woke up by an angel looked around and there was bread and water and i ate it i'm probably going to get pretty excited that god has found me (laughs) And I'm going to get up and do something. But this guy, straight back into survival mode, he's exhausted. He's exhausted because he's doing it on his own. He's running on his own. He's not consulting Jesus. He's not, well, God. And here's the problem. He's doing it on his own, and it's exhausting. It's tiring. So even when he gets filled up, he's still too tired to go do anything. Because when you're doing it by yourself, it's tiring. It'll wear you out. So the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Hmm. This time he listens. This time he gets up. And you can keep reading on after that. Hopefully I've piqued your interest on what happens after that. But that's the first time you see him not seeking God. And just running away. And then you see what happens to him. He gets exhausted. He gets burned out. He gets tired. And all of a sudden he wants to end it all. Survival mode. Like I said, survival mode. We're praying for God to to help us. But we're not really listening for the answer. We just want him to show up. Like, God, do it. Fix my finances. Fix um, Fix my addiction. What do I do in this situation? But we're not listening, we're just praying. See, that's the whole, that's the difference. See, God wants the communication. He wants the communication. He wants to talk to you. He wants the phone call. God wants the relationship. That's what he wants. He wants that phone. You know the phone call when somebody just calls you to say hello? Does anybody get those? Wow, not too many hands. Yeah, it's those. I've got a couple people that call me just to say, hey, brother. How you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. 
Just wanted to call and say hi. You know how refreshing that is to get a phone call where somebody's not like, hey, by the way, can I get your help? Hey, hey, by the way, what are you doing on this day? Hey, hey, by the way, I need something. You know, my wife gets those calls from my son all the time. Just the, hey, mom, I love you. I got to talk to you. I get those calls when I walk in the room and she's talking to him. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, dad, talking to mom. <laughs> I get it. But those are the calls. That's, that's what, see, those are the calls that God wants. So, so God wants you to just reach out to him sometimes and just talk to him. Ask him how he's doing. <laughs> Ask him if you can help him in any way. <laughs> that's being available. It's a conversation. So there's, there's the, hey, God, here's some things going on in my life I could use some help with. And, hey, Lord, like, I want to listen to you now. Can I be quiet? And can I just sit in your presence? And can I allow you to speak to me? Can I allow you to guide me? It's that phone call. He wants the phone call. Why? Because he loves us and he thinks about us all the time. That's it. He just loves us. So when I think about survival mode, I think about um, how in survival mode you always portion stuff. And you, uh, it's like you have to, uh, I want to say portion your food, ration your food. That's what I'm looking for. You, you ration your food. Uh, I remember growing up the way I grew up, we had five kids and we didn't have a lot of money. So dinner time, dinner was on the table. And my mom's famous words were, that's sufficient. What is on your plate is sufficient. We don't do seconds. We don't do dessert. We don't do that. Like, that's sufficient. And, and you would eat that knowing that you're going to eat the same thing probably tomorrow. <laughs> but that's how you grew up. And I've been there before where I've made bologna and cheese sandwiches and said, I would love another one, but that's going to have to get me through the week. <laughs> you know, it's just how it is. So in survival mode, you ration stuff. Right? In survival, we, we never had guests at our house. There was no room at the table for anybody else. None. So in survival mode, it's all about you, you know, your wife, your kids, and, and you're going to ration the food, and you're going to eat only what you can eat. See, survival mode and revival mode are, are completely different. See, in revival mode, come on. God says, hey, guess what? I got a seat at the table for anybody, anybody. And you can have a double portion. You can have a triple portion. And guess what? You can have dessert afterwards. You can take some home if you want. And by the way, tomorrow's going to be something brand new. If you just trust me, I'm going to fill you up with something so good tomorrow. I mean, that's how God operates. That's how, I mean, whew, we got to experience just the other day. Miss Donna, Mr. Billy had us over for dinner. What a blessing. And that was like a double, triple helping. We appreciate that. It was so good. And then the cake afterwards. She said, you need to take some of this home. <laughs> I'm telling you. It made it home. But I think about that. I think about the Israelites when, when they're in the desert, right? And they're supposed to survive on manna. But it didn't matter. God said, eat what you can eat, and I'll bring you more tomorrow. 
that's living in revival. That's living in personal revival, knowing that God will take care of everything. And it's not like you're just rationing and you barely get enough. He says, I will give you as much as I can give you. I will give you more than you can handle if you just surrender to me. You know, having that seat at the table, I, I just love, it's kind of like standing room only. You ever been in a place that's standing room only? Like a sporting event or graduation or it does, you could be with five people. If a seat opens up, you're like, I don't care who I sit next to. I just want a seat. I want to be close enough. I want a seat. And God's saying, you don't have to wait. I have a seat at the table for you already. And some people think that's when we get to heaven, but he says, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He goes, sit at my table now. Taste what I have to give you now. He goes, quit waiting for it. Quit waiting to say, I I need to die. I can't wait to die and go to heaven so I can experience everything. He says, no, you're supposed to have it on earth. He's like, start start receiving what I want to give you now. Luke 13, 29 says, people will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God from all over. And they're going to take their seat at the feast. I just love it that we have a seat. I don't have to call ahead and reserve it. <laughs> I just got to seek him out. My own time, whenever I want whenever I make time. So the good part is when you're in revival mode, God is everything. You don't want, you don't hunger, you don't thirst. God is everything. He fills you up in all those ways. Um, Psalms 23, I know you've probably heard this one a thousand times, Psalms 23. Um, But I'm going to hit Psalms 23, 5 and 6. I'm going to read it from the Passion because I just love the way it sounds in the Passion. And I don't have any investment in the Passion translation. I just love how it reads sometimes. It changes my perspective. It says, you become my delicious feast. This is us talking about Jesus, talking about God. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of until you give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would would I fear the future for your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life? Then afterwards, when my life is through, I return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. It's like poetry, thinking that, 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 that he is your feast. So when you're hungry, you turn to him. He is what you should be seeking out every day. I love it. It says that you give me all I can drink of until my heart overflows. He fills your heart up. He fills it up until it's overflowing. See, you can't really start pouring out into other people until you're filled up. So if you want God to use you, let him fill you up. He'll start using you in amazing ways. Why? Because you have plenty to give. And when it's overflowing on you, when it's coming out of you, when it's pouring out of you, guess what? People know it. People will make room for it. 
People will be like, you know what, I need to be around them a little bit more because I love what it feels like. And all it is is the Holy Spirit present in your life, the Holy Spirit walking with you, talking with you. So he just wants to spend time with us. That's it. He's a good, good father, and we're his kids. And if you have kids, you want to spend time with your kids. Unless they're like two, three. No, just kidding. All the time. So here's the thing. There's freedom in revival, right? But there's restriction in survival. So when we're walking, when we're walking in revival, there's freedom to allow God to do whatever you want. There's, a, there's, there's rooms for you to say, Lord, use me in any way. And when you're in revival, there's freedom to do that. But when you're in survival, there's restrictions. You can only do so much. You can only do so much on your own. Here you are wanting God to use you, but you're operating out of survival mode. And he goes, I'm trying, but you don't have the capacity right now. You're not allowing me in to use you right now. Mm. You have freedom in revival from the worries in life, freedom from uncertainty, freedom from fear and anxiety. See, survival locks you into this mode where you can't get into his presence. You're fearful about everything going on. You want to know when your next paycheck is. Where's your next job? Where's your next promotion? You're thinking that has everything to do with God. Now, God might use you in that way. And God might say, I want to promote you because God promotes. But if that's what you're seeking, then it's out of survival. You're always stuck in the worry about not having enough. You guys getting something so far? We good? There's a lot of stories in the Bible. That's why I say it because I wrote down so many things I want to talk about. So y'all just hang in there. They get interesting. This one, you probably already know this. We already know about David and Goliath, but a perfect example. I just want to give you another example between David and Goliath and how that works, how, how one can operate in survival mode and how, how someone can operate in revival mode. So in 1 Samuel 17, 24, this is where the, um, the Israelites are, are, are being called out by Goliath, right? They're being called out. And it says, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear, right? They were in survival mode. They weren't listening to God. They weren't seeking God. They weren't asking God, what should we do? And neither was their leader. (laughs) But David, see, this is what I love. David, he's anointed, going to be appointed, (laughs) And God says, we got this. So here comes this young man, David, you know, after taking care of his sheep. And Jesse says, hey, go take this food up to your brothers. Check on them for me. And here comes this. All I can picture is, is David skipping down the road, <laughs> joyful, just, this, just full of just life, saying, man, this is great. I'm going to go up to the front line. I've been trying to get there anyway. But there's nothing bothering this young man. And he shows up, and here's this giant, and everybody's scared, right? Everybody's scared because they're all operating in survival. He's operating in revival. He's like, again, God showed up. Look, I've I've slain lions, bears. He goes, all because he's operating out of what God tells him to do. And when he talks to Saul, I love it in 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37, it says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. 
When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. He says, I don't have to do it. I'm in such revival with God. I believe in him so much because he's always been there for me. He's got my back. He's like, let's go. And sometimes it doesn't look like anything else. And people will question you because it doesn't look right. People will be like, how are you going to do it? Like, you don't even have all the tools necessary. And God will use what you have and who you are for a time and a season of when he needs you. If you just say, Lord, I'm all yours. Use me. So when you're in revival mode, God has your back. You can walk in confidence. See, survival mode, I guess when you talk about survival mode, there's a definition. It's the state or fact of continuing to live or exist, typically in spite of an accident, ordeal, or difficult circumstances. Continuing to live or exist. That does not sound like a life to me. I just want to continue to live and exist. That's survival. I'm just trying to exist. I'm here on purpose. God has a plan for each one of us. I want to live in his revival, have him use us in any way. I want to be used for something mighty and powerful. And all we have to do is say, God, use me. I'm all yours. I'm all in. And then do what he asks you to do. But it is easy to, to fall into survival mode, like I said. It can go back and forth when you're listening to what's going on in society, right? Survival mode. So when you, when you decide to listen to your friends instead of God, when you decide to listen to Facebook instead of God, when you decide to listen to the news instead of God, they will all drive you into a, a, a point of survival. And it's easy to try to figure it out on your own. But God wants you to include him. God wants to be part of it. He says, just talk to me about it. Just, just give me that chance. Include me in what, in what you want to do. Look, they don't even have a clock back there. so There's just one more. I want to share one more. I just love the, 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 the examples they give, especially when I'm talking about David, because... Um, all throughout the Bible, when you're talking about David, he's in this revival mode, even when it looks like he's trying to survive. When David escapes and goes to the caves, right? So David's in the cave. Why? Because Saul's coming after him, right? So he's being protected. It's a stronghold. But he's still in revival mode. So it can be confusing sometimes. Because he's still seeking God. He's still doing what God asked him to do. And while he's in the cave, if you remember that story, um, you know, Saul comes to relieve himself, right? And he shows up and he sneaks up behind him and cuts his, cuts his robe off, cuts a corner of his robe. Could have killed him. All his buddies said, here's your chance. Kill him. If you kill him, you're king. But he's in revival mode. And he says, I'm not supposed to hurt anybody that's been anointed by God. It's not my time. So he's in revival mode, not survival mode. Then after he does it, after he cuts it off, he taunts him. <laughs> That's even better. 
I mean, he's got a lot more men than he does, right? I don't know. I can't remember the numbers. I don't know if he had like 600. I think David had about 600. I don't know. Saul brought like 6,000 or 10,000. I don't know. But when he leaves the cave uh, in 1 Samuel 24, 12 through 22, I know it's long, but it's good. It says, may the Lord judge. This is, this is David yelling at Saul um, from the cave as Saul's walking away. He says, may the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me. But my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds. So my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. You don't even need to fight over it. You can give it to God and say, God, why don't you handle this for me? Why don't you take control of this? It is so easy to turn around and get in an argument with somebody and try to put it in your own hands. It's so easy to get offended and want to say something on Facebook. It is so easy to send the wrong text. That's why I love text messages. I can type it out and delete it. feel like I got it out. <laughs> Unless you accidentally hit send. Hmm. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, doesn't he let him get away unharmed? Or does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home. But David and his men went back up to the stronghold. See, he's not retreating. He's going back to the stronghold. He's going back because I believe God's telling him, hold up. I know that, man. And I know his thoughts. And you need to stay where you're at. And you need to get in my presence. You need to surrender to me. Because I'm going to use him again. And you see how, how Saul goes back out. And then eventually in the Bible it talks about David having a second chance <laughs> to kill him. So if you continue on in 1 Samuel 26, 7 through 9. You giving me a sign, Moe? You can play something. It'll sound good when I'm talking. So 1 Samuel 26, 7 through 9, it says, So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abnar and the soldiers were lying around him. So Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy in your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. His friend's with him. And his friend says, You don't even have to do it. I'll do it for you. But once again, that's the spirit of survival. He says, Come on, if you just let me kill him, you'll be king. So once again, David shows you. He's in a spirit of revival. And he gives it to God. 
But David says to Abishai, he says, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. And his time will come, and he will die, and he will go into battle and perish, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head, and let's go. How powerful is that, that somebody has an opportunity? But you can tell because you know the story of David. See, nobody knew the story of David back then. (laughs) Could you imagine being on his friends and in his little army going, but that's who, like, that's the prize. That's the prize. Just do it, and everything will be different, and nobody will come after us, and, and you can live happily ever after. They must have thought he was crazy. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was just in personal revival. And he says, I'm just going to give it to God. See, problem with King Saul is, is he's missing out on what God wants to do because the whole time he's pursuing other people. He's more caught up in what other people are doing and the anointing on other people's lives and, and what's going to happen with them and how God's going to use them. He forgets and says, you know what? He's not even reaching out to God. He's just chasing other people. So the whole time he could be being used by God, he's chasing the wrong people. So Saul is actually the one in survival mode. Even though he's king, even though he sits in the palace, even though he has everything, he's the one in survival mode. Because he's not drawn close enough to God. So here's the thing. We, we get a. Sometimes we just got to turn to God. And sometimes we got to take a hard look at who we are and what we're doing. And if you're not seeing the things you should be seeing in your life that you think you should be seeing, you need to take a good look at your position. How you're positioning yourself. Are you positioning yourself on your knees, on your face? Are you giving it all to God? And are you saying, Lord, come on, I'm all yours. I'm making room. Use me. Because that's where it's lacking. God wants to use you. He's standing right there. You still have a plan and purpose in your life or you wouldn't be here. And a lot of us haven't even discovered what it is. Because we haven't said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm available. Use me. See, we serve a jealous God. He wants us all, and he wants more than what we've ever given him. He wants it all. He just wants more of us. And the key is to say yes. The key is to make room. The key is to be in his presence. Because when you're in his presence, it's revival mode. We were not called to operate out of survival mode, period. So it can change. So if you're in this survival mode in your life, it can change. Because I know that's what probably people are thinking. Online in here, you're going, that's great. I'm in a survival mode. I understand. How do I get out? What's my next step? How do I move forward? Well, you got to find him. You got to commit to do more with God. That's the answer. And I know it sounds simple. It sounds simplistic. Man, seek him more. 
Read his word. There's power in his word. There's life in his word. You want to get out of survival mode? Get into the Bible. Worship him. He, he likes worship more than anything. He just loves to hear your praise. Worship him. Pray to him. Have a conversation with him. Give him a phone call. You know, he might still have a beeper. Call him. He'll call you back. Point is, if you're in that spot, you don't have to stay there. It can change. But the only person that can make it change is you. And you're not going to do it, but you have to open the door for God to do it. Because he's standing there. He's been chasing you around for a long time. And he's not tired. (laughs) He's just chasing you. And he's like, I love you so much, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to stand right here. And I'm going to be by you all the time. I heard a friend of mine uh, share. He says, you know, the problem is the Holy Spirit's on your shoulder. (laughs) He's with you. Everything you look at, everything you see, he's there. So when you start feeling a little convicted in your life, because it's just because the Holy Spirit's there, and he says, come on. Like, anytime. Now's the time. I'll take you any way. You don't, you don't have to wait until you get right. <laughs> he says, I'll take you right now. Don't, that's waiting way too long. Let me do it in you. Just surrender. Just let me have it. So that's it. That's the answer. We're going to change it from survival mode to revival mode. We're going to let God move in our lives. And we're going to do it by spending time with him and seeking him. And allowing him to be part of who you are. Amen? Amen. Well, I know there's some people in here that are probably operating that way. There's people online. So I want to pray for you. So in here, we can every head up out, every eye closed, however you want to do it. At home, I don't, you know, I just know that, that God can hear your heart. If you're watching online, God knows your heart. But he wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to seek him. He wants to know. And in here, it could just be, you know, you just, you need to take that step, the step of faith, and just, you can raise your hand up. Say, Lord, I'm just in survival mode, and I can't take it no more, and I need some revival in my life. I need God to show up in a mighty way, because God knows your heart anyway. He knows it. So I want to pray for you. So, Father, right now, you see the hearts. Father, you see the hands. You, you, you know what's going on in their life, God. Father, you're right there with them. So, Father, we ask you right now, Father God, touch them in a special way, Father God. Breathe on them right now. Father, we, we pray for freedom from each and every one. We bind up any bit of the enemy, anything that's not you, God, that's steering them down the wrong path, Father, that's speaking the negative words to them, that, that is, is making them make the wrong decisions, God. Whatever that is, we bind that up, Father, and we want only you. Father, we want, we want more of you in our life, Father God. We want to commit to that. So, so I lift everybody up out there, Father, we ask you to touch them in a mighty way. Make your presence known. Make, make, oh, come on, holy, just, just do something amazing in their life. Father, I pray they have the courage right now to just seek you out. Father, I pray that, that when they do that, Lord, that they, they find something they can't resist. <laughs> they find something that, 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 that they get pulled away from all the time because they're so overwhelmed with it. That, Lord, it's not a chore anymore to to pray and worship and read the Bible, but it's just love. And it's a want. It's a desire. 
So Lord, I pray for that desire in their heart. And we just give it all to you. We surrender it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. For some people out there, I'm telling you, it's the next step is, is simply saying, I need to know who he is. Because there's a lot of people that don't even know who God is. They don't have that personal relationship. It's hard to be used by somebody you don't even know. I'm telling you, I've been talking to you about this God. Our God, he is a powerful, powerful God. All he wants is you. That's it. So if you don't know him personally, right now is the time. Don't wait another day. Don't wait until you're all better. You feel healed. You're not hungry. Whatever the excuse is, you don't have to wait any longer. Now's the time. Now's the time to welcome him into your heart. Now's the time to take that next step. So if you're at home, if you're, you're here, wherever it may be, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, right, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. You will be saved. You just have to declare it with your mouth and believe it in your heart and let God do the rest. Let the Holy Spirit show up and just start transforming you from the inside out. So all you have to do there is just repeat after me. So we're going to repeat it as a church. You can say this at home, however you want to do it. But just repeat this prayer after me as we all pray together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. Can't do this on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross. And you rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise. God's doing good things. If I could, I'd like to invite the prayer team up. If you have any prayer requests before we close out today, we, we do have our prayer team up here. If you want answers, if you want to talk to somebody about anything you're going with, do not leave here without prayer. If you said that prayer for the first time or first time in a long time, I want you to know we have resources for you. Let us know. Fill out a Connect card. They're out at Connection Point if you don't have one. Raise your hand. We'll get you one. We have free resources, free books. We want to walk you through this. We want to help you through what the next step looks like. And here at Destiny, we always close out every service with giving. We just know that, um, man, we just give to God. <laughs> we give back. We give him what's his. It's part of that obedience side. I understand it, that when... You know, God has blessed us so much that, that we just give back to him. And you're not giving to a church or giving through a church because God uses everything you bring and does amazing things with it. Amazing things. And there's all kinds of ways to give if you want to give this morning. If you're here in person, you can give in the offering buckets at the doors. You can give in the kiosk in the foyer. You can go to your app and give on your app. You can go online and give online. However you want to give at home, you know, all those things are available for you at home. I just know that that's just one part of the step. That's what, you know, it's always the hardest part, but that's that's the one part that, that usually hangs people up. You know, as they go, I, I should give. Well, I don't know if God's showing up in your life, give and see what happens. And see what happens. The Bible says bring all the you know, tithes to the storehouse. But here's the thing. I just know that God shows up in a mighty way when we obey him, when we give and do what we're supposed to do. That's just part of being in a relationship with him. So I'm just going to pray right now that God show up and God speak to you. Uh, 
what you should do and how you should give. And I'm going to close this out for today and then look forward to seeing everybody next week. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Mm. I thank you for a powerful Sunday, Lord. Father, I ask right now that, that you touch the hearts in this room, the hearts online. Lord, Father, we just, man, we just need more of you, God. You see those operating in survival, Father God, and we ask that they just get this personal revival in their life. And right now, Father God, as, uh, as we go into next week, Lord, I ask you to protect them and guide them and lead them and steer them, Father God. Help them make choices on what to do and, and how to do it. And, Father, we just lift this offering up to you, Lord. Come on. We just know, God, that you have amazing things in store for us. So, Father, we just give it all to you. We ask you to bless the gift and the giver. And, Father, we just give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, one more shout of praise in the house. Come on. We love you guys online. Look, we look forward to seeing you again next week, Father's Day. Uh, Man, it's going to be a powerful, powerful word. So be here. You don't want to miss it. I love you all. God bless. Have a good week.